When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off in the Premier League. One game on Monday, Liverpool taking on Everton in the Merseyside derby at Anfield. It'll be Liverpool who win the game by two goals. So now a brilliant counter-attack. We'll see Mo Salah open the scoring ten minutes before the break. Then Gakpo would get his first ever goal in the Liverpool shirt to seal the deal and give them the victory. What that means, still a long way off Champions League football. They currently sit ninth in the table, nine points adrift of Newcastle in fourth. For more on this, let's welcome in Jan Argafjortov. Jan, just wait a moment though, because I want to start with Stevie. You happy? I, I was very comfortable after the second goal. And, you know, getting the, getting the second goal so early in the second half, the game was done. Yep. I'm saying that... But I must admit, when, Tark- when Tarkovsky headed the ball, I thought it was going in the net because Alisson was beaten. Yeah. And then for the ball to 30 seconds later be in Everton's Look, net. 13 seconds. 13. I mean, incredible. Yeah. You talk about changing the game completely. Uh, and from there, Everton really went in the game. Went in it. So, yeah, it's a good victory. It's an important victory. But it is against a team that look as though they're going to get relegated. So... Everybody needs to calm down. But it was better. I'm, I, well, it's stand, we're, we're, we're starting with a very low bar, though, Craig. That's oh, I know. That. Well, I know, but I just start somewhere. I suppose, that, I mean, Everton were... I mean, you talk about not being able to keep possession of the ball. Obviously, a, a guy up front with little or no experience at this level. Uh, and it just come back and back and back. And at least we saw more... You know, that second goal, both fullbacks involved... We saw a bit more energy from the from the fullbacks getting forward and the passing and, and, and Robertson. Uh, and obviously the pace of the guys up front. You know, Nunez never got his goal, but his, his actual performance and what rate probably deserved a goal. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw the other side of his game, which is stretching opponents and getting in behind. So so yeah, I mean I think I agree with you in the second half. But second half. I, I gotta say, before the just before the the post and then the goal, I'm sitting thinking to myself. There's two teams here, and I like I like the fact that Everton tried to play. You know, they didn't sit in. But I'm I'm talking to myself as you do, <laughs> as you do, as, I, as, as you I do. do. <laughs> and I'm going, you know what? There's nothing between these two teams. Both teams are trying to play, but actually can't do it very well. Because up until the goal, Liverpool were just just as bad in possession going forward as Everton. Right. But once they got the hit themselves ahead, then I guess. They calmed down and, and the fact that they are better than Everton came into play, particularly in the second half, second as you half. said. Yeah, and from a neutral's point of view, it wasn't great though, was it? It wasn't great, but I, I guess what Liverpool like wanted from this game, there was a, first of all, they needed a response. They got that. They needed, of course, a win. They got that. They got 
Salah on the score sheet again. That was good for them. Gakpo got his first goal. They took that out of them. Of course, there are margins. Unbelievable margins. I mean, we will sit here now talking about Daesh again doing other set pieces, maybe winning 1-0. Uh, but the two goals, I mean, class. That was Liverpool at his best, as as Craig was mentioning. As, as for Everton, I think that if you asked Everton before the two games against Arsenal and Liverpool, and they were said, you, you're going to have three points, that they will take it. And I think that Everton will be okay. I think they will get away from that uh, terrible table position they are uh, at the moment. But, but I think that we have to give credit also to Liverpool. They did what it had to do today, uh, they, today. And there was another intensity and still... I mean, maybe I'm coloured because of the, of the goals, because I think they were showing Liverpool as we expect Liverpool to be. But now Saturday is Newcastle, then it's Real mm. Madrid. Uh, so they needed that win, didn't they? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You take a look at their upcoming fixtures. You wonder, right, OK, how much is today a catalyst, a kick out the backside, a start, a reset? Or how much is this beating that's a very about, that's poor about team? The six reset this season. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a lot of reset. We're running out of them. <laughs> Do you know what it is what it is? It's three points that they desperately needed that they were crying out for. Right. And that's it. OK. It's too early to see whether it's a new But now style. they go to training with a smile on their face. Everyone's happy. Oh, you're right. TV. Well, you, you're absolutely right. They will. But, boy, have they got a tough game in Newcastle because Newcastle are going to go after them. Right. Which, which, again, in some ways will be good for Liverpool because it will give them some space. And you saw the yeah. pace in Nunez and it's great that Salah gets, gets a goal. Uh, and Gakpo, Gakpo's a good football player, there's no question. So in some ways that is good, but in other ways, you, you saw Matip and Gomez tonight, who on yeah. different occasions whiffed, making a clearance. You can't play in the Premier League as a centre-back, the last man, and whiff completely. Right. That's amateur. And so that's my worry. Newcastle going forward with the pace they have is a problem. But they've not been playing that And Newcastle have hit a bit of a bump as well. Yeah, they've they? hit the buffers a little bit. Myth. They haven't lost, but they've hit the buffers a little bit. But on the upside for Liverpool, there was the good win, the good goals. Yeah. Jota coming back in, Firmino coming back in, and Van Dijk on the bench yeah. warming up. So, you know, some positives in, in a season that has been, let's be honest, uh, pretty bad by their standards. Uh, speaking of pretty bad, how much trouble are Everton in? Uh, well, they're in trouble, along with the other teams down there, but listen, they'll play a lot weaker teams, obviously, than, than Liverpool away, and it's against those teams that they'll have to just dig results out. You've got to think it's between Leeds and Everton, haven't you? That's, I was going to ask, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Well, the prob- they've both got the same problem. They can't score a goal. Who's going to score a no. goal for them? Calvert-Lewin is, is basically the only guy they have that can put the ball in the net, but he's never fit. So, and, and I guess you could say the same about Leeds. Bamford's supposed to be their goal scorer, who I don't particularly rate, but he's never fit either. So, no, no. I think it's between the two of them to join the other two, <laughs> Bournemouth, Southampton. Yeah. I think that is the key. I mean, if you see the teams down there, that who, who will have potential match winners? I think Davis finishing today in front of the cup, I mean, they symbolised Everton. I mean, that is the saddest finishing I've seen in the Premiership this season uh, when he came on and headed that ball o- over the goal. And, and for Calvert-Lewin, Lewin, he's... He's a lot injured, that's a two, but it doesn't seem to be in the same shape as he's been when he saved Everton uh, on his own. So I think that could be the 
trouble, but we, we know that Daesh will get organized. We know that they will give some set pieces, goals. I think they will save themselves, but I, I'm afraid of two big clubs like Everton and, and Leeds. It will be one of them. There's always this team too, too good to go down. It could be one of them. Between those two, Craig? Sorry? Between those two? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Forrest have signed enough players. Lopetegui coming in. I mean, Wilkes were looking one of the favourites to go into yeah. it, but then they, they made the change and Lopetegui's certainly turned the corner this far. Yeah, I would say Leeds, Leeds and Everton. Uh, I just thought Everton, some of them, they try to play out from the back, particularly Tarkovsky. <laughs> oh my God. Stop it. No, I mean, it was just, it was, you know, when you think about Premier League standard, 10-yard passes that can't even get to your teammate. Yeah. That tells you what Deitch is up against. Uh, let, let's yeah. focus then away from the bottom of the table back to the top and the title race, of course, which will be a huge game this week between City and Arsenal. But I want to uh, bring up a quote to, from our very own Jan Argafjordov. First time he's been on since he tweeted this. Manchester United can win the league this season. The Germans got a quote, La Schendetwitte, meaning the third <laughs> in the race can control the two in front and jump ahead at the end. The winning culture... The discipline Ten Hag has installed is impressive. 14 to 1, Manchester United, Jan. Yeah, we should probably put some money on that. I mean, what, yeah, what, with your if you have a German way. Yeah, but have a look at the table. I mean, it's a draw on Wednesday. Manchester United keep on winning, taking the 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 the, the points that they need to take. Ten Hag has got that winning culture in them. Craig and I discussed this before Christmas. Uh, we said that we said we disagreed a bit on Manchester United chances. And yes, for example, the game against Crystal Palace wasn't good, but still they won it. They go to Leeds. We said if they can get this game into their hands, if they can take away this Leeds thing that they are fantastic the first 50 minutes of every half. If Manchester United get it into their shape, they have, have a Rashford, maybe they get Sancho back, uh, uh, Vegas will do his stuff and so on and so on. So I'd, I say they are an outsider to win this league. And uh, let's see now what's going they on. They are outsiders. Yeah, they are. They, we, we know they're outsiders, Jan. <laughs> I mean, you're throwing German quotes at us. Yeah, yeah, it's the lachende dritte. The lachende dritte is <laughs> the translation, the laughing third. And Craig can't say anything because he said before Christmas <laughs> that Manchester United was so far away from the top. So Craig shouldn't <laughs> say anything in this segment. Wow. Who had Man United in the top four in the predictions at the start of the season? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I'm talking about Christmas. I, I said, oh, Christmas. Burnley, listen, anything can looked... back a horse when it's halfway around the track. There you go. I hey. said yep. it when they Aye. beat Burnley and Craig <laughs> Burnley, the, Craig Burnley said that, that they don't, it's only Burnley, I said they have an organisation that will get them a lot of points in the Premier League. So Craig, oh, yes, yes, yes. He said, yes. she said, who said what? There you go. Is it only the ones that played for Sheffield United that like to pat themselves in the back? Yes. Is it like a bit of a thing there in yeah, Sheffield? By the way, Derek Ray is going to be so annoyed that yeah. somebody else is using German words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby yourself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, a city favourites. Uh, no, do you know, I don't know. I mean, Arsenal at the weekend, try to remember, what was the game? So Arsenal at the weekend was the Brentford game, and obviously the late goal that was given. Well, yeah, we, we discussed how good Brentford were organised, and how Tony and Bomo were such a threat up front, and it just wasn't quite happening for Arsenal. Obviously, that was a huge decision that went against them. 
I suppose City bashed away Villa quite easily. Went back to an experienced lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More tr more tried and trusted, almost like saying, oh, I've been thinking a little bit too much. Let's just put back to basics. square pegs in square holes and let's go from there. But as I said a week or two ago, nobody said this was going to be easy for any of them, particularly Arsenal. Yeah. Not at all. They've hit a bump in the road. They can go over this bump and make a big statement by winning this game. And I don't see any reason if they can get back to somewhere close to the best that they can't do that. They've just not quite been there the last couple of games. Who are your favourites, Jan? Uh, I, I would say for the game on Wednesday, I think that Arsenal need no, to win this game. No, not the game on Wednesday, the title. Uh, so I know that you will, you need an argument from me now. Uh, so I will just try to give you my explanation. I think that if Arsenal win uh, on, on on Wednesday, that is a big, big, big step forward. But I think that if Manchester City can manage a draw, I think it's for Manchester City to lose the title. I think that Manchester City now coming into March, April, May, I think their experience winning titles will be ahead of uh, Arsenal Football Club. You, you think Arsenal are going to win this game I on Wednesday? I think Arsenal are going to win this game. And as a result, they are favourites to win I the title? So. What about what Jan think, says? You know how point experience. Well, I think, I th not absolutely, listen, I can't, it's very tight. But if you look at Arsenal and Man City, I don't think you can turn around and point to one thing that you think is going to trip Arsenal up, other than the narrative about the young, right? If you look at City, they've got a problem defensively. When they're going forward, they don't defend well behind the ball. Mm. So... If I'm saying Arsenal don't look as though they have a particular weakness, but City do, then I have to go with Arsenal. How's your boy? I think, well, sorry, I think Arsenal's weakness at the moment is a couple of their key players are just a tad under the bar of where they yeah. what they'd say. Martinelli's Ma dropped, Martinelli and Martin Odegaard, who's been brilliant the last couple of games, he's not. Uh, been that he's not been bad. He's just not, Odegaard just hasn't been able to dominate the Everton game and the Brentford game like he did previously early in the season. And Martinelli and there was some talk at the end of that game that Trossard coming in will Arteta look to make changes? And I think his lineup will be a, a good signal of where he is as a manager in terms of these guys. They've really done it for me. Mm. A couple of them, I mean, Odegaard's not getting dropped, don't get me wrong, but a couple of them are, are just off the boil and it'll be interesting to see if Martinelli is one of the ones that's going to miss out or whether Arteta says, no, I'm going to ride this storm. These guys have been brilliant for me. I'm going to stick Saka on the one side, Martinelli on the other, and we're going to go again. We saw Haaland come off at half-time, obviously, in that victory against Villa City. So much better, I thought, in the second half, Jan. Uh, looking at it, Pep <laughs> said afterwards that obviously Haaland took a knock. How is he? It's a dead leg. Uh, you know, you never know about dead legs. How, how long? How long will it take? But I think Erling is in, in in good shape. Erling, I think in this game showed again that the attitude is is 100% right. Gundogan goes one against one against the goalkeeper. Try on his own. Haaland just keep on fighting. Give uh, uh, Gundogan down the ball back and give him an assist. And this uh, penalty, I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to talk about it, but what a soap yeah, yeah, opera I, can, I was going to ask you, Jan, why didn't he take it? 
He's the number one yeah, designated I mean, I, taker. Well, first of all, is this a soap opera called The Penalties as Manchester City? After the game, Rodri and Gundogan had the funniest interview I've ever heard. Rodri said, I just grabbed the ball because I felt confident. Rodri! Why should he shoot the penalty? And then he says to and then he said to Gundogan, well, Gundogan told me that Maris is shooting that goal. Maris was missed goals for fun on penalties. And then you have a guy who's got four penalties. But again, I, I, I say that that is that is the thing about uh, Erling. He's the first one who goes away from that soap opera. He's the first one who says, uh, well done to Maris. And, and this is his assist when he gives that to Gundogan. So he's he's okay, but they have to stop this uh, thing around the penalties. Imagine Arsenal 1-0 up uh, in the 90th minute, and they're going to have five people running for the ball. And Gundogan then will say, yeah, I'm as the captain, says Mares. And then Pep Guardiola says after the game, well, Erling should take the penalty. I mean, this is Manchester City. This is not a pub team, is it? Yeah, that's what Pep was saying, wasn't he? He said he was going to speak to his players, Marius, those at the penalty well, and the uh, City in the end with a victory. You would think that would be discussed beforehand. I mean, it's quite simple, yeah. really. Yeah. There's lots of things that gets mixed up when you're doing set pieces and stuff. You know, like who should have been picking up who, or you know, where you're supposed to be positioned, and blah, blah, blah. But it's quite simple. <laughs> Who's taking the penalties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, it's not We've talked about this a lot, haven't we, in the past when there's been these sort of incidents. And Marius has missed a couple. Uh, yes. Yeah. As well. I, re I really don't understand any coach who doesn't before the game say, right, we get a penalty, he's taking it. Yep. I don't understand that because it takes away any confusion. Uh, meanwhile, poor Gab went to Philadelphia to watch the yeah. Super Bowl with his friends, watched <laughs> obviously the Eagles lose. <laughs> so, yeah, lo <laughs> Jules loving it in the big chair. Uh, Don loving it because he got to talk about Napoli. Uh, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. It's available now. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right then, PSG taking on Bayern Munich, of course, in the Champions League and the press conference ahead of it. Some interesting stuff from Neymar. Uh, he's talking about a clash with Luis Campos, who's the director of football at PSG and locker room league, saying it happened a little discussion. We weren't in agreement. It's part of football. Things happen every day, but I love them all. It's like with my girlfriend. 
Football isn't just love and friendship. There's respect, but they have to be disagreements and discussions sometimes are needed to help you improve. Sometimes there are rumours that come out in the press with malice intent. It goes around the world very quickly, a lot of people see it, and sometimes it's lies. It's complicated. Since my arrival, it happens that rumours come out at key moments of the season. There are always rumours. Frankly, I don't know what to do about it. I'm not responsible for it. So we have to try and find out what's going on because it's not possible that everything that happens in our locker room ends up in the press. It's very sad because there are subjects that can stay between us. When information comes out like this, we're angry, but it's difficult to find out where the leak is coming from. I guarantee you that a lot of information is false, even if some of them are true. Okay, uh, it's part of the lies. Uh, let's welcome in uh, Julian Laurent joins us uh, alongside Jan. Jules, what was the most striking thing that you heard from Neymar today? To be fair, I think it was good for him to do that press conference. We have, we hadn't heard from him in a, in a long time. Uh, yeah, the, what you read about the, the, the altercation, let's put it out, the argument that he had with Campos after the Monaco defeat, him and Marquinhos was interesting. I mean, I just thought he was, he was super confident, which I, I, I struggled to understand why, because he's been terrible in the last few games, PSG have been terrible. And for him to come out and say like, yeah, we, we, we're gonna, we usually respond in big games. This is a game where we're gonna be great. Uh, you know, we, we've discussed the little problems that we all have died. It's just like, uh, I don't know, I would have rather him being a bit more Honest, maybe in the sense like saying things are bad, we need to make them right and, and this is how we're going to do it instead of, of all that waffling, really. There's always something, Jules, with your lot. <clears throat> always, yeah. Um, always you're right. I mean, right now, it seems that everything is wrong. They don't play well, they don't win, they've just lost two in a row. We mentioned that after the Marseille defeat. There, there's clearly tensions in there, in the dressing which is normal, I guess, when you're, when you're a big club and you're not winning and you're not performing, you're not, do, you're not doing well. It's just, the, it's just the wrong time because February and March are the, the, key, the key month because they play Bayern, of course, twice. They will have another game in Marseille in the league. They play Lille in the league as well, who are doing really well. So this is not the time to have a crisis. The problem is this is a crisis because they, they were playing okay before the World Cup, suddenly having the results since the restart. They don't play well and they don't have the results. So for a team like that, it's, it's obviously a big problem. It's a circus, isn't it? It is a circus. And, you know, sometimes you feel sorry for the manager and other times you just don't because he's put himself in there and we thought he was going to go in with this sort of iron fist, Gaulty and straighten a few of them out and you know Jules has seen them a lot more than us and has talked about them, the, the lack of any ideas and their tactics but more importantly you know now when you're struggling and you've got some big games coming up and you've got that paranoia back within the dressing room about you know somebody's Telling, leaking stuff out, who is it, and all that. When you want to, you want your dressing room to be strong. Sure. Whatever goes on in there, you try and keep it in there behind closed doors. And so now you've got all this, you know, worry about these scenarios on top of the football scenarios as well. So it, it, everything at the moment is pointing towards them hurtling out of this Champions League. It's one of the, it's one it's, of the it's, worst it's, things. It's one of the worst things in any football club when there's a mole. Right. Have you experienced it? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Because everybody's... Well, then you're trying to find out who the mole is. Everybody's looking around. Everybody's yeah. trying to figure out. And it just, What's the motivation of the mole? No idea. Is it just an attention so, thing, a power thing? No idea. 
Absolutely it, it no is, idea. But, but it's, that's what it's them a, always say. Um, Dan, Dan I, will, I will say that. <laughs> if you can find them. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that. Is, <laughs> I understand what Steve is saying because it's not that usual in English football because you don't have so much of the politics that you have on the continent. I obviously know Germany a bit more than France, but I would guess it's a lot of the same. You can have three or four moles. You can have someone who is producing for build and one's for sport build, one for kicker. And you just know about that. And, and that is terrible when things like that are going on because that kind of ruined kind of the dressing room. And remember, uh, a year ago at Bayern Munich, they were always leaking things out uh, of the dressing room. And that that kind of crush any team feeling and you can understand that Neymar is using a lot of time I'm not sure about the metaphor about about his girlfriend but somehow it is frustrating with things like that comes out and that can, can ruin any any team right let's talk about the game shall we of course Bayern Munich and the round of 16 Valentine's Day in Paris it's set up beautifully obviously question marks about Mbappe and whether or not he'll be fit enough to start a light on the bench, uh, says the front page of L'Equipe. This is what Gautier had to say uh, about Kylian Mbappe. I'll make the most sensible decision. The first person I'll listen to will be Kylian. He won't just be on the bench for the sake of it. Um, Jules, everyone, the boys always tell me when it's a big game, the player's going to lie and say that he's fine anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if, if Kylian is... Is lying on that or not, but he's certainly saying today he, he did the whole training session today. Yesterday he did half of it on his own and the other half with the rest of the team, also in the players who didn't play at the weekend. Uh, but today he did the whole session, he says that he's feeling well, he's feeling okay, he wants to start, he's pushing to start, he's telling Galtier, let me start it's such a big game, which is, which is true. However, Galtier and the club and everybody really don't want to take any risk. If he was maybe the second leg tomorrow, it might mm. be a little bit different considering it's only the first leg. I don't think they will risk him from kickoff. I, I see him being on the bench. I think this is certainly the feeling right now in Paris and within the club. But he's going to push until an hour before kickoff tomorrow and saying that he wants to start. And, and obviously, without him, as we've seen in the last few games, it's not the same. And I, I think against a team like Bayern, who are going to play with a high line, who are going to be aggressive defensively, who will leave a lot of space in behind. If he's not there, nobody in, in this PSG team will be able to take to run into that space. So he's even more important mm. tactically on what we know the two teams are going to do. The thing is, you can't risk him because if you start him and you lose him for two, three months, then then your season is over. I, I think even more so if 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 they make a sensible decision if he's not 100% and he doesn't start. If PSG can, and I'm saying this, PSG can sort of hang in there. You never thought you'd be saying that. Yeah. But that's kind of where they are at the moment. Not that Bayern have been brilliant, but they've certainly been better. Uh, if they can hang in there, then all those things Jules talked about, they come to fruition in the second leg. In Munich, the, the fact that Bayern pushing forward, the fact that that space is in behind, they can utilise his pace. But it's, it's about not only making the right decision, but it's about getting to that position sure. of that game still being very much in the balance when it goes to Germany. Now, there's a big question mark whether that is going to be the case. So it's only a decision, really, that the coach can make. But, but yeah, you'd want them for the second leg, away from home, when they're leaving even more space in behind to use his pace. The concern, I, could, I suppose, is that damage could all be done on Tuesday. Yeah. The second leg could be irrelevant. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle because if... <clears throat> generally, 
I would start somebody as opposed to having them on. If you're not sure whether they're, they're right or not, I don't see the point of having them on the bench. You know, if they're able to contribute, then start them and then you can take them off. Or if, he doesn't, or if he's feeling it, you take them off. But to not start them because you're scared he gets injured, what is the point of having him on the bench? Right. I don't think that makes any sense at all. If, if, if he can confidently start the game and he might feel it and he can come off, then I would do that. Right. But I wouldn't... If there's, any, if there's any thoughts that you might lose him for two or three months, then just keep him away. Don't even put him on the bench. Uh, from a Bayern perspective, Jan, things have changed quite a bit, haven't they, over the last couple of weeks, considering how they started 2023. They'll go into this tie as favourites and, and have a lot of belief in themselves that they can get something done. Absolutely. They, they made some changes. They, uh, they had a, a midfielder too much, which they put on the bench, and then they found out that we have to play with Thomas Müller. he got to be there. And we have to play Musiala. he got to be there. We have to play Goretzka. We have to play Kimmich. So then they changed a bit round. They played with three at the back, and that's how they got another place space in, in, in midfield. But I, I, I got to say as well that although PSG is weakened, they are uh, out of form, I think that it's also a mind game going on because Julian Nagelsmann, as Craig was saying, Julian Nagelsmann likes to have a high line and as long as they keep kind of Mbappé in the contention, uh, Julian Nagelsmann got a plan for that. I think that he will now sit in Paris and think, you know, how, how they're going to play if, when Mbappé play from the beginning and everything else is, is a bonus. So uh, yes, Bayern is better. Bayern scoring goals. Bayern is more organized. They have the best players on the pitch. But I don't, I don't think they're 100% confident uh, uh, on their form yet. But I will, I will see them as favorites against PSG, but not like, uh, there's no way that is going to be decided in Paris. This is over two games, I think, with Bayern and PSG. Uh, let's take a look then at everyone's predictions regarding what the score is going to be and who's going to go through eventually. Uh, who's going for PSG? Frank. Uh, Jules is going for a 2-2 draw. Uh, Bayern to go through eventually. Stevie going for a 1-1 uh, draw. Uh, everyone else going for a Bayern victory. Jules, are you going? Are you wearing your full PSG kit? <laughs> I will be going. I'll be a bit pitch side, and I can't wear my, you know, my full colours. But I have the uh, the lucky t-shirt underneath the shirt and the jumper and everything. And I'll be I'll be watching like this because I'm too scared. I'm too scared that something bad is going to happen. Yeah, Jules, how disastrous is it if something bad does happen with regards to PSG, the season, the project, etc.? I think what's fascinating in that game is that, like we said, February and March are key. Are key. You, can, you can basically lose everything. They're five points clear in the league, but considering the pace that they're going in the league and, and how Marseille are doing well and Monaco are doing so well, they can, they can soon be level with PSG, for example. And, and then you're under pressure on the league. You're already out of the cup, the, the, the domestic cup. If you get knocked out, let's say badly by Bayern, which is obviously very possible, uh, by March you're out of the Champions League as well. And then suddenly the crisis is there. I mean, the ultras are already not happy. There could be tension tomorrow with the fans within the stadium too. They turn up at the training ground, all that kind of stuff, which would get even bigger and heavier if they are knocked out, if they lose heavily tomorrow and even before the second leg in Munich on March the 8th. 
and then if they get knocked out over there, it's, it's obviously even worse. So all of that, can you just imagine if they lose 2-0, let's say, tomorrow, then they, have to, then they would have to go to Marseille in between. It could get oh, so man. toxic that I think, even for Galtier, for his pressure for Luis Campos, who clearly the players, as we saw with the argument with Neymar and Marquinhos, have issues with, that all of that, it could turn out to be really nasty. She'll be fine, Jules. Don't worry. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jules. Of course, one other game in the Champions League on Tuesday. AC Milan uh, taking on Spurs. Uh, bad news for Spurs. Of course, Benton Kerr out uh, for the season with an ACL injury. Everyone but Jan is going for Spurs to advance. Uh, Jan thinks it will be Milan will go through. Not many goals uh, we're suggesting maybe in Italy on Tuesday. Um, probably fair considering the form that both of those teams go into this tie. Uh, we'll be looking back at both of those matches on the next edition of ESPN FC. Uh, be sure to join us. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It was, of course, a shocking weekend for the officials in the Premier League. Um, the PGML admitting that human error saw the goal disallowed incorrectly in the Crystal Palace game and the Arsenal game as well. Uh, did you see this, Craig, in Rangers against uh, Partick Thistle yesterday? I haven't, no. Uh, so this is uh, young US international Malik Tillman who goes down injured. Uh, the ball is then played out by Rangers. Um, yep, there we go confirmation there he goes and right so he gets back up and obviously Parsik Thistle looked to give it back however Tillman Robson of the ball and um, would eventually find the back of the net and then uh, Parsik Thistle not particularly happy with what, uh, what happened uh, a melee would then ensue you can see here <laughs> to be fair they have given them the ball back right okay yeah. I, you know, it's funny you should say that, Craig. I initially thought exactly the same thing. But yeah. maybe I should have given him a bit more ah. time. A bit more space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw it, when I saw it yesterday, I thought, well, he's had a horrible touch, but then like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Because he's not expecting anybody yeah. there. Right. So he's maybe knocking it a little further and, so he can clear it. And then they let Partick Thistle uh, get the equaliser. What's your goalie? What's your goalie? The goalie can't help himself. Goalie. Yeah, are you happy with the way all that played out? Yes. 
I, I, I was with the boys. I, I think that <laughs> that uh, second touch was a tackle, as they say. I mean, a terrible, <laughs> yeah. clumsy, clumsy tackle. And I think that the Patrick Thistle guy was a bit saved by the bell there because I think that he was terrible. But again, he wanted to play the ball back to them. And so I think they sorted that well in a, in a fairness uh, way. Uh, Patrick Thistle manager got sacked yeah. at the end of that game. Ian McCall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Sorry, <laughs> because they went on to lose it. I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Three goals to two. Um, I'm sure they'll discuss it and probably argue about it on Football Americas. Be sure to check out the latest edition of the show. Uh, that drops tonight, of course, on ESPN+. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. That's it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, stay tuned. Jan's back. Extra time is next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Jan is with us, Craig and Stevie as well. First question for Stevie. How will Klopp prepare his team to build off the derby victory today? Underdog mentality going into Newcastle, Real Madrid games? I think you have to. Yeah? Yeah, I think... I think you've got to be realistic. And you've got to understand where you are. And where they are right now is they aren't favourites going into either game, including Newcastle. It's a good time to face both sides, though, actually. Well, Newcastle struggling, Real Madrid have been struggling. Well, I mean, you can see he's struggling, but let's be honest. Other than, yeah, yes, Liverpool won the derby today, but my goodness, Liverpool are even... Struggling's not the word. Yes. I mean, you're talking about the fact that you're beating a team who, who are one of the favourites to get relegated... Liverpool shouldn't be getting too carried away. So, yes, they're going into this as underdogs. Mm. And I think he has to be smart. Uh, and I think you saw today that, particularly Robertson, certainly in the first half, wasn't as far forward. And nice. I think you have to take that into account defensively. So, just be smart about it. Be smart. Be smart, yeah. Let's be honest, anything Liverpool to out this season is a bonus. Yeah, no, it? most definitely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get a Champions League run or something like that, then... Yeah, I mean, I feel to knock Real Madrid out, and it's a big if, the way they've played. That's yeah. just a huge bonus for them. Yeah. They're not expected to do anything. They've showed no form that they're going to do anything. But, yeah, they're at that stage where they'll take what they can get. For Jan, how good is Liverpool's Stefan Bacetic, and can he become the heir to Busquets for the Nash Spanish national team alongside Gavi and Pedri? 
Well, that is a shout, but I, I liked him today. I think that was a man of the match performance uh, of him today. There is something about this boy and, and he will get trust now. And I think maybe for him, he could be the winner of this thing because if they were now around third or fourth position, going for second, first, maybe he wouldn't get so many chances. Uh, I saw Klopp after the game today was rating him highly as he did with Fabinho and, and Henderson. But I think he's he, he's a class man. There was a, there was a, a in, in second half when he came, there were four against two there. I think that he, he slowed down a bit, that he should do different things, but he's a young lad and this is going to be a I'm not saying a, a great Liverpool player because when Steven Nichols is in the studio, we know that the standards of greatness of Liverpool is very, very high. Do you like him? Aye. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah if he fills out as well and... Well, you're the man to help me. <laughs> we get him throwing, coach. To be fair, that was too easy. I'll get Ellen to fill his freezer. Exactly. Ellen's cooking. Uh, slide over there. The filling out coach. No danger. Filling out coach. Stevie, as a Liverpool fan, would you like to see Everton relegated? No. Absolutely not. No. No. There was a lot of that chanting at the game today, yes. though, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I suppose it was in jest. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm sure it was taken in jest. Yeah. I, think there'd be, <laughs> really I don't think there'd be a lot of Liverpool fans would like. There'll be some, as right. there always is. Yeah. Why? But, um, well, again, you're going to lose out in derbies. Right. And, you know, Liverpool and Everton have, have kind of always been pretty close, to be honest. Yeah. You know, the yeah. fact that. Yeah. There's just there's there's, there's no hatred. There's no it's 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 good good mannered banter is what it is. And again, if they go down, then that, that dies as well. So no, no I, I don't think there's many, including myself, that want Everton. It's to probably go down. one of the derbies over the years, and you'll know better. Just to what you were saying there, around not just England but Europe, that there's been the least trouble at. Mm. I would imagine, because they have, you know, sometimes sat next to each other. Yeah. In in some cases. Ah, and don't and don't don't kid yourself, they fall out at, at the stadium. But what, what happens is that everybody around it sorts it out. You know, two guys will start there'll be an Everton fan sat there and a Liverpool fan sat and they'll start. Okay. And it'll start getting out of hand and what will happen is everybody around will sort it out. With some sort of calm down. Absolutely. <laughs> calm down, calm down. <laughs> no, but they will. They'll, they'll, they'll sort it out and then on you go. Craig, uh, should the Premier League include the verbal exchange with the VAR official and match official to give some clarification as to why a certain call is made? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I would quite like it. I just don't know if it's feasible. We, it would help with transparency, wouldn't it? We know what's going on. For those that follow rugby, they, yes. they do have it. They have yes. a, a communication with what they call the TMO in yeah. rugby union. You can't hear it at the stadium, but you can hear it at home. Right. So it's at least people always then say, "Oh, but we want to hear it at the stadium." You can't please everybody. Sure. At least at home, then you might you, you might yeah. know. Like they they don't want us to hear that conversation. Well, no, they don't. No. Uh, go on, Jan. 
Now, and sometimes it's if if we compare, as you see in America, with all the sports that they are doing the exact thing on on the pitch, and they can be in or out. But, but we've seen this this weekend. There are so many situations where, when even if it was transparent, even if the whole VAR team was having a girlfriend, mistress, or brothers and sister, we would never understand what they're saying anyway. So I think that the main problem with VAR and like everybody else, when we saw that situation with uh, uh, Arsenal against Brentford, that everybody will sit in the studio doing their foot the, the football pundits will say, have a look at the real situation that need to be done. So I think that the main thing that you can improve VAR is to get more football people in there. And till that, we do that, then we can have human errors and excuses and apologies and tell Arsenal apologize when they're losing the title of those two, two points. I think it's terrible that they can't put up football people in these VAR teams. They have to find a way to do that. I mean, if we had heard a VAR conversation in the, let's go to the West Ham Chelsea game, that would have been prime time Saturday night comedy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you could have just you could have spilled that on, on terrestrial With Benny Hill you, underneath. You know what are you seeing here? Yeah. Well, I'm do, seeing do, Thomas Suchek dive on the ball. And I recommend we just play on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually don't mind the way it is because they're under enough pressure to get it right. Right. Well, and if they can't get it right, the way it is now it's going to be even worse for them if they know that they've got all kinds of people listening to them that just makes it harder yeah they're struggling enough at the moment Uh, what was better the World Cup final or the Super Bowl did you watch the Super Bowl Jan I suppose highlights no it was too uh, too late for me highlights I saw the highlights Yeah, the Stevie, you, World Cup final. You watched a bit at the end, didn't you? Aye. Yeah. Craig, you World made, Cup final. I, I, made, I made it through. You made it through the Super Surprisingly, Bowl? Surprisingly. Yes. I made it through. Yeah. Got a bit of World Cup final. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Super Bowl was great until the end, which was a massive anti-climax, obviously. Not if you're the Chiefs fan. No, of course no. not. If you're, in a chip, if you're a neutral and you just want to, you want to enjoy it as a spectacle, the, the World Cup offered everything right until the last kick. This was done once the referee obviously gave the holding call. That was it. It was done and over. Yeah. Well, so it's the end of the game. Pretty much. I've never <laughs> no, it wasn't the end of the game. <laughs> no, it's, no, you what? just said it was the end of the game. You said the game was done when they gave that call. Yes, but the, the World Cup final was right until that last kick, wasn't till it? Till the end. Till it was done. I said the game ended really with that call. <laughs> well, that's not very nice, is it? <laughs> How would you critique Rihanna? Did you watch her? I watched a little bit. I'll tell you what. She's no scared of heights. I'll no, say that. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, surely she's not. I was looking for the, for the, because there's no way she wasn't held down. You know what I mean? And I couldn't find it to be got with. Nails, even. <laughs> Old-fashioned, kind of splashed down. That's what he did. Was he got the boots? I never thought that I would have. I never thought that I would have Stevie Nickel describing Rihanna. That is a TV highlight for me. Right, let's move on before we get. Well, my my lot were more excited about the country and western singer singing the national anthem. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, very cool. Yes. Well, you didn't see the start. <laughs> I said, I said, I taped it all, I saw it. Right, who sang National Anthem then? Oh, I don't know, he's a big daft beard. <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with it? I just didn't particularly think it was that good. I liked it. Oh, it's Chris Stapleton. There yeah. you go. According to my daughter. So you didn't like yeah, any Frank. of the Super Bowl, really? Yeah, he sings a whiskey Frank. song, doesn't he? What do you call it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, in, Mr. Country. You're in, you're in what's a his weird, song? You're in a weird Mr. Mr. Country, what's his Why song? Why am I Mr. Country? 
A whiskey oh, song is brilliant. Yeah. He's like Chris Stapleton, not me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I'm not about my daughter now. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. She likes that country and western. Think that's that's song. Ste- Perfect. Steve, he's got a good Steve voice, thought- no. Stevie thought it was Frank Stapleton who played for Arsenal back in the day. <laughs> oh dear. No, no you're talking. Very old. You're talking about a singer. Very old joke. For Stevie. Okay. I don't understand it, but I imagine you will. Start, bench, or drop. The Sandon, the Albert, the Arkles. Oh. Oh. Are these oh. the pubs around Liverpool? Aye. Aye. They're all around the ground. Oh, okay. Aye. All right, but would you go there? Aye. Right. I've been in. I've been in them all. <laughs> Different times, right? Well, that should help you answer the question. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Just bench a pub, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, it's just I'm asking this question. As long as the halftime at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <Gonna> eat, uh, <clears throat> I've got to say the Albert. Right, the Albert is the best? Well, I'm feeling nostalgic about the, about, about the Albert. What's, what, what, what's the best one? I'll tell you why, because... The first, the first New Year that Ellen and I were in Liverpool. Yep. We were in the Albert. Oh, okay. New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we got talking to to, to some people, right? We ended up getting invited back. Okay. To the hush, and we didn't want to be rude. You know what I mean? Okay. And they had a dog, and it wouldn't leave me alone all night. It was on my leg all night, and I'm like this. Right. Try to shake it off, and the guy wasn't bothered. The guy was absolutely plastered. Right. Okay. By later on, yes. I couldn't get rid of this dog. It was hanging onto my leg. Right. So that's why you remember that good. the Albert. So I'm, going to go for the, I'm going to go for the Albert. So it was nothing to do with a nice beer or it was a nice no. setting. It was uh, the dog. Oh, no. No. So we're keeping this because of a terrible dog story. Aye. Right. Yeah, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping right. the Albert. Uh, I'm going to bench the articles and drop the sand in. Oh, yeah, you there you go. There you are. Yeah, and you, yeah, you, you should get in that when you were running, right? <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten in it. That'd have been fun. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you should go one of those ostrich things, you know, seeing them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Um, that's it, we're done. Now that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much, Jan. Thank you, Craig. You only gave us the best pop. Second? No, we gave you the others. Oh, did. Oh, the carpets. <laughs> you got yeah. distracted by that stage. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 